What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Patting the Stats Podcast. I'm Bose. This is TK. And we're going to get into some college football, some NBA, and some NFL from this weekend. First off, we'll start with the Coastal Carolina versus Liberty Bowl game. That was the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. This game didn't really go how I expected it to go. Yeah. Um, but these these ball names just keep getting weirder and weirder. But it was actually a really fun game to watch. Uh, good quarterback battle. Malik Willis didn't do a whole lot through the air. I mean, he had two two picks, no touchdowns. But, I mean, he did all his freaking damage on the ground. I mean, 137 yards, four touchdowns rushing. So, I mean, dude went crazy overall. Grayson McCall went crazy too. I mean, he had a pick himself, but overall 318 yards, three touchdowns and 96 more yards and another touchdown on the ground. So really a fun game to watch. Yeah, it really was. Um, Liberty got up early. Coastal Carolina brought it back in the fourth quarter, tied it up. They went to overtime and Liberty gets their field goal on their first possession of overtime and then block Coastal Carolina's field goal to ultimately win their game. But like you said, Malik Willis, two turnovers, you know, had four touchdowns, all of them on the ground. So he did very well running the ball, but just couldn't get it done in the air. Those two interceptions, you know, probably – a big factor in terms of winning a football game when you consider how close it is. I don't know. I mean, outside of quarterback play, you really – I mean, you have uh, Javion Hale had a good night receiving, 178 yards, 13 receptions. Didn't have any touchdowns, but a lot of yards. You know, nobody for the Coastal really had any running attack outside of McCall. And then on the opposite side with Liberty, obviously Willis had the the good game rushing. And he also had Joshua Mack, who had 105 yards rushing. Uh, had no touchdowns, but still, you know, good yardage. And that's, you know, their receivers kind of spread out between two guys. And you had a few guys go for over 30 yards receiving. So a lot of movement between the receivers. But, again, ultimately, nobody receiving a touchdown. Every one of their scores was on the ground. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Coastal only had four people catch the ball. Uh, shout out Javon Hiley, Hiley, maybe? I don't know. Uh, yeah, you're, 13 you're... catches, 178 yards. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, good game to watch. Uh Shout out Liberty for ending Coastal Carolina's perfect season. Uh, I hate it for them, but I don't know. I feel like I just feel like the better team probably won. To be honest, like I mean, Liberty looked better all game for the most part, and then Coastal tried to pick it up in the fourth quarter. I mean, obviously they did since it went to overtime, but I just didn't really feel like at any point in this game. Coastal was in control. You know, obviously Liberty jumped over the 14 nothing lead early and then got Coastal fighting from behind the whole, pretty much the whole damn game. So, yeah, good game to watch. Uh, shout out Liberty. 
Shout out Coastal Carolina for making it as far as they did undefeated 11 and 1. And uh, yeah, is Malik Willis going in the draft? This- uh, he's a junior, so I'm not real sure if he's actually leaving to go into the draft. I haven't heard anything about that. But I mean, he went over 2,000 yards passing this season, had 20 touchdowns, um, only threw six interceptions. And you know, before this game, you know, not doing too bad because he only had four on the season and had two in that one game. So I have no idea, really. I don't, I don't know why he would. I think he'd probably benefit from coming back. This this draft class in terms of quarterbacks coming up is deep. So I don't really think it's a good idea for him to leave necessarily. Maybe transfer, try to get to a bigger school. I think that would be better for him. I don't know. Maybe maybe just go back to Liberty play under Hugh Freeze, who's a pretty good coach as it is, and continue to have success there. I, I, guess I haven't seen anything on it, so I don't know if he's um, – I don't know if he's going to the draft, but I highly doubt it. Yeah. I mean, if he stays at Liberty and doesn't – obviously doesn't go to the NFL, I mean, Liberty might be a team to look out for next year. I'm not saying they're going to contend for, like, a, a playoff spot or anything, but, I mean, they, I feel like they're the kind of team that could cause people – Cause people some problems. Uh, I mean, example A right here. I mean, Coastal Carolina 11 and 0, and here comes Liberty and knocked them off. So that'll be that'll be an interesting team to watch next year if he uh, if he decides to stay. Which, like you said, I mean, I assume he will because this draft class, as far as quarterbacks, is pretty fucking ridiculous. So yeah, and I don't I don't know enough about Liberty to get into what they'll do next season. I don't know who all they have graduating, leaving, or, you know, whatever. But their only loss on the season was to NC State in a very low-scoring game. It was 15-14, to 14, so really not a bad loss in terms of who they are. You know, in NC State, they finished the season ranked. So we'll see how they do moving forward. But, again, I don't, I don't see Malik going into the draft after this season, I think he would definitely benefit for coming back. That's really all we have. And as far as the bowl games that we're on, I mean, we had some other ones on. I just don't feel like there were any worthy of getting into. We'll mention that number 19, Louisiana, beat UTSA 31 to 24 in the Surpro First Responder Bowl. I mean, ranked team. So we'll we'll mention that, but I'm not going to get into the Raging Cajuns. Um, let's we'll just look forward. Uh, so a couple things regarding this next game, uh, Miami and OK State, Oklahoma State, that is. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this game personally. I did, I actually did not know Oklahoma State was favored in this game. Um, so that's the first part. And the second part is Derek King is coming back next year. So that's that's big for you. Yeah, I got that news yesterday. He did his own little uh, Twitter thing, sent out a tweet with a video that was like a Miami, some internal Miami edit. Uh, he just tweeted out with the video and said, run it back. And I saw that. I was pretty pumped about it, which is real good considering we're not going to have to play, you know, either a redshirt freshman or a true freshman quarterback against Alabama first game of the season. So instead of, you know, losing by 45, we'll probably lose by like 21 now. But <laughs> – very excited that he's coming back. Uh, I think uh, kind of like you know how I was talking about Malik Willis earlier. 
I don't think it really would have benefited King to go in this draft class because he was – I mean, there's too many quarterbacks as it is. And while he's probably going to be viewed more as like a hybrid type player or like an athlete going into the draft because of what he can do. I mean, the guy has passing touchdowns. He has rushing touchdowns. And uh, I know for a fact he has a kick return touchdown in his college career. I can't remember. He might have a punt return touchdown too. So the guy can score from about anywhere. So if he wants to be considered as a quarterback, I think it's better for him to hold off, come back for next season and, you know, be in a draft class where you're not looking at Mike Jones and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. I mean, I mean, obviously huge list of quarterbacks going in this year's draft. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it would benefit him to come back and that might be biased, but I think, I think my argument holds up, but I mean, in terms of this game, Oklahoma state being favored, not very surprised. I mean, it's a slight favorite. The spread on this is negative two, you know, if we probably, or if we don't lose to North Carolina as bad as we did, this probably flipped. So I think that Oklahoma State, with uh, what they have in terms of running backs, I mean, you have Chuba Hubbard, who's obviously opted out. I don't think Sanders is a great quarterback, so I don't see any problem in the passing game. They do have – I can't remember his first name, but Wallace, one of their receivers, he's really good. But, again, I don't see Sanders as a big threat as much as I do their run game because that's where Miami struggles the most. And you can look back at that North Carolina game, and that holds up. We have both of our defensive ends have opted out of this bowl game. So our pass rush, we're looking at two real young guys starting. And, I mean, you know, it's linebacker play is non-existent for Miami right now. That's, been, that's a real problem. Uh, corner play, also a problem. But, again, I don't see that as a threat with uh, Oklahoma State. I think our quarters are good enough to keep us in the game against uh, against Sanders. But with uh, Hubbard out, they have Desmond Jackson and L.D. Brown are the two guys that they'll go to. And really and truly, while Hubbard had the most yards rushing, Desmond Jackson and Brown both had more yards per carry on the season than Hubbard did. Jackson only one touchdown short of what Hubbard did. I mean, Hubbard's been on and off injured all season, so he didn't have the year that you would expect out of him. It's a, I think it's a good matchup. I think the line's right where it needs to be. Slight favorite, Oklahoma. I think Miami needs to prove that they can stop the run, and clearly the experts see it the same way as me. The over-under on this game being 58, I think that that's man. I think it's reachable, but at the same time, I I could see it going under that. I could see Miami being able to hold them because on Oklahoma side, I don't see them just lighting up our secondary and scoring quick touchdown after quick touchdown. If anything, they'll shove it down our throat, you know, get some good time of possession and eat a lot of clock. Uh, on Miami side, we have quick playability with King and Harley and Brevin Jordan. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good matchup, and I do think it's a game that uh, Miami will win. But let's move forward. 
we'll go into the Wednesday slate of games. The big one being Florida versus Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. How do you see that game going? Uh, I, what I think is probably going to end up happening, uh, Florida's only a three-point favorite in this. I think that I, I understand it at the same time because Oklahoma's been playing really good football lately, but I just I don't see them being able to hang with with uh, Florida. Now, I don't, I don't know how their opt-out situation is looking as far as how many people they have that are going to be opting out. But, uh, I mean, their offense is dynamic regardless. I mean, that's a, that's a lethal offense. I, sh- I guess I shouldn't say dynamic since they're kind of one-dimensional. They don't have much of a run game. But when you have a quarterback as good, of, as, good as Trask, I mean, you can really – you can kind of afford to uh, – to be a little slack on the on the run game, but I I just don't I don't see Oklahoma being able to stop Florida enough to win the game. I mean I I think I don't think Oklahoma can stop Florida, and I think Florida can stop Oklahoma enough to win. Kind of similar to what I said about the uh, Florida versus Alabama game. Kind of similar scenario for me here. Yeah, I mean. Unless Kyle Trask and Kadarius Tony and Kyle Pitts all opt out, I don't really see Oklahoma being able to stop that offense. And then, like you said, I mean, the running game really for either team hasn't been stellar by any means. You have uh, Pierce with for Florida, 443 with four touchdowns on the season, 95 carries. And on the other side, for Oklahoma, Stevenson, 12 less carries, 479 yards, six touchdowns, so fairly even there. But, yeah, I mean, the spread, minus three for Florida. And, I mean, the matchup predictor for ESPN has Oklahoma favored in this game. So, again, another game that should be close. And just to kind of touch on how this should be an offensive matchup, 71-and-a-half is the over-under on this game, and – I don't see it. I'm taking the over. Yeah, I don't see it going under, if we're being honest. Florida's defense, very eh. But at the same time, who knows? Oklahoma on the rise, and they've been playing well outside of the first couple weeks. So we'll see what Spencer Rattler and the Sooners can do with Florida. I'm a little biased, so I kind of want Oklahoma to win this game. Don't want Florida to win ever, no matter who they play. I mean, if they're playing Florida State, it's kind of a one of those teams has to lose. But yes, I, I'm I'm rooting for Oklahoma in this game. I don't think they'll win though. Personally, I think Florida wins this game. I can really see it. I can really see it getting out of hand because I think Florida's defense has the potential to stop Oklahoma more so than I see Oklahoma's defense being able to stop Florida's offense. Right. So with that being said, let's kind of segue into something because that's pretty much all we have for as far as these games are concerned. So we have our final four for the Heisman. It was exactly the four people that we said last week. Um. So, who do you think should win, and who do you think will win? Devontae Smith, 
Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Trevor Lawrence. That's the that's the four you got. Who do I think should win? I think it should be Devontae Smith. I think he's the biggest game changer out of all those. But I'm going to say with Trevor Lawrence having the games missed, uh, doesn't have the stats, regardless that he hasn't lost, I still think if you were going to put a matchup between – or if you are going to decide between him and Mac Jones, I think you got to, you have to give it to Mac Jones. Mac Jones played more games. He had better stats. He also did not lose any games. Um, so I would put Trevor Lawrence out in who I think is going to win. So really I think it's a three-man race. With Alabama having two guys in, you're choosing between Devontae Smith, you're choosing between Mac Jones. Honestly, I think Trask is going to win it. He has the better stats. While he does have three losses, and every one of those losses, he put up great numbers. So I really see I really see him giving it to him. But at the same time, I, I do think it's a toss-up between him and Mac Jones. I don't think Devontae Smith will win it. I don't think they're going to give it to a receiver. So I don't know. It's In terms of what they decide, it's going to be do you value wins – or stats more because Matt Jones, I mean, he has a stats still. It's not like he's far behind in the stats. He's just, you know, they're not as good as what Trask has. So I really don't know. Cause I mean, you know, you had Matt Jones coming out of a lot of these games, they were blowing teams out. So if he played all four quarters, does he have those stats? Maybe. But when you're looking at the Heisman trophy, you're talking about who is the most valuable player in the country for their team, it's got to be Kyle Trask. I can I can see that, and I'm I'm not disputing any of your uh, of your arguments or points there, rather. But I, I I still think Devontae Smith should win it. I mean, the numbers that he put up as a receiver are just, I mean, ridiculous. He put up how many how many games did they play? Eleven. Let me count here. Hold on. 11 games, dude put up 1,500 yards and 17 touch, seventeen touchdowns in 11 games, bro. He went over 200 yards twice, went over a buck 50, one, two, three, four more times other than those 200-yard games. I mean, his average per catch on the season, 15.4 yards. That's ridiculous. I, I, I just, like, I know it's it's – the Heisman's kind of at the point now where it's it's really a quarterback award, kind of like the MVP in, in the NFL. But, uh, I mean, just numbers are just ridiculous, bro. I mean, it, it really doesn't get – you can't ask for anything else from a, from a receiver, especially – I mean, you got to think these, start, these beginning games early in the season. I mean, against Missouri, he had 89. Against Texas A&M, he only had 63. But then after that, it picks up until you get to Arkansas with, I mean, they won 52 to three. So how much is the guy really going to play? Um, but just ridiculous, bro. I mean, ever since, uh, shit, what's that other guy's name? Jalen Waddle went out. I mean, the dude's just completely taken over games. Like, I guess they'll, I think they'll probably end up giving it to Mac Jones just because like I said, it's a, it's a quarterback award. But when you look at the numbers, bro, I don't think you can make the argument. I mean, you can make the argument, I guess, for for Trask or Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones or whoever. But I just feel like 
Devontae Smith is definitely the most deserving. So with all that being said, um, I don't think they're going to give it to Devontae Smith. I think they'll probably end up giving it to Mac Jones. Um, whether he's the most deserving or not is up for debate. I mean, the guy had a ridiculous season. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's a damn good player, but uh, I don't know, dude. I, I just don't – I don't think you can – I don't think you can justifiably give it to anybody but Devontae Smith. But they'll probably give it to Mac Jones. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I just see – I mean, if we're talking Heisman and you're picking between these four guys, I don't. I really don't think Trevor Lawrence has the argument because I, yeah, they lost to Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence, so that does kind of show that he's a little bit more valuable. But I think with that loss, I think it's more on the defensive side of the ball is why they lost that game because their offense scored more points in the first game with uh, DJ. I mean, granted, it, it did go to overtime. But I also feel that they kind of coasted after a, after they got up big in the ACC title game. So I don't think Lawrence is really in the picture. I think that he's there, but I don't think he's a legitimate option. So I, I really do think – I think it's between Matt Jones and I think it's between Kyle Trask. So who do I think is more valuable between those two? I would say I would say Kyle Trask because I think you could throw Kyle Trask into that system at Alabama and he could probably do more, you know better numbers. I think Matt Jones is a a really good quarterback, but I think I think Trask is better and I think he's more valuable to his team. I can, I can see that. I mean, if you look, but at the same time, bro, like if you look at if we're if we're gonna hold Devonte Smith against Mac Jones, I think you could look at. Well, I mean, I guess in the sense of like they have Najee Harris, so you always you always have that threat too. And Florida doesn't have that, right? Um, but at the same time, I mean, he's got two. I think if if uh, Kyle Pitts doesn't miss those games after the Georgia game, I think he's probably in the in this conversation too. I agree. Um, that dude is the best, one of the best, like as far as hands are concerned, one of the best tight ends I've ever seen. Um, and just, I mean, the dude's got everything. The fucking, he's huge. He's like, what, six, six, five or some shit like that. I mean, the dude's got good hands. He can block relatively well if he needs to. Um, but yeah, that dude is, is ridiculous too. But at the same time, I see what you're saying as far as the, the Trask thing. And I'm not even, I, I can't disagree with it because if you look at his stats, I mean, the dude has, I, I want to say 11 more touchdowns than the next closest person as far as like uh, passing touchdowns are concerned. He's got the most passing yards. Um, and there was, he, he has a couple other first places as far as statistics are concerned, but it's going to be a, a damn good race. I, like you said, I don't, I don't think Trevor Lawrence has a chance in it, but those other three guys are all deserving if we're being honest. Yeah, for sure. So we got a little bit long-winded on the college football talk. Let's get into some of these NFL games and just kind of touch on that real fast. All right. First up, the scariest game of the day. The Chiefs beat the Falcons 17-14. to I was really, really worried that the Falcons were actually going to win this game. 
I was hoping they wouldn't because I think, if I'm not mistaken, we're sitting around three or four right now as far as draft picks. We lose. So I think if we lose next week, which we're playing, uh, shit, who are we playing? I think it's the, I think we play the Bucks next week. But uh, that was, that was, this game was way too close. Um, we play the Bucks next week. So hopefully we lose that game too in the season four and 12, get a top four draft pick, and then basically, hopefully, clean house after that. But uh, as far as let me, I'm just I'm I'm ranting about the Falcons at this point. But let's get to the game itself. Um, Matt Ryan's good, bro. Like uh, if anybody doesn't know, Matt Ryan is that guy. Um, he has been for a damn a long fucking time, and he's kind of in the Deshaun Watson boat at this point, where as soon as he drops back, he's already getting he's already running for his life, and that's not his game. So. Hopefully they address those issues in the draft, but Patrick Mahomes had a decent game, uh, 278 yards, two touchdowns, and uh, one pick. Uh, other than that, I mean, to be honest, this was a really low-scoring game. I think Travis Kelsey broke some kind of record for being the only tight end with 1,000 yards in consecutive seasons or some, some shit like that. Uh Oh, and the the guy that I have been most impressed with all year, Calvin Ridley, bro. That man is different. Yeah, five receptions, uh, one thirty. No touchdowns. Did have the that fifty four yard reception, but really the big thing about this game is that the Falcons should have won it. They they dropped an interception, which led to the game winning touchdown for the Chiefs. And, I mean. Low-scoring game, not really much going on offensively. So, in all actuality, this this should have been a W for the Falcons, but dropped an interception, and then you can't really expect Patrick Mahomes not to go down and win a game for him, and that's exactly what happened. So, to be honest with you, I, uh, I saw really all I wanted to see in this game. Uh, it was competitive against – probably the best team in the league. Uh, defense showed some flashes. Uh, Matt Ryan only had eight incompletions in 35 attempts. And we lost. So oh, this was like best case scenario for me right here. I mean, it was a little scary, but I saw everything I needed to see. I mean, I'm, I'm already excited for next year. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely something to look forward to. Hopefully the Falcons can get some work done in the in the draft, move forward in their coaching, and possibly, you know, better their team next season. Let's go into the Jets versus the Browns, and let's talk about how the Jets tanked at tanking. <laughs> yeah, they can't do shit right over there. But shout out Frank Gore for being one of – three running backs in the history of the league to eclipse 16,000 yards. Uh, but on another note, if Baker Mayfield is throwing the ball 53 times, the Browns are not in a good spot. I think that their offense should be heavily predicated on the, the running back tandem that they have 
I mean, you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the back in the backfield. I don't care who you're going up against. That team or those two are going to be good enough for you. Uh, Nick Chubb only had 28 yards on 11 carries today. Uh, the long his longest rush was 16 yards. So I mean, you take that one out and you got 10 carries for 12 yards. So. That's, that's a bad look. Uh, Kareem Hunt had four carries for 11 yards. But I don't know, man. This is uh, really, really weird to me that after the Jets lost the, the first pick, they just decided to start winning games. It's it's an interesting uh, dynamic there, I guess. Well, I mean, let them keep winning, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, when, when Mayfield has as bad of a game as he had and they couldn't get anything going on the ground – I mean, Hunt and Chubb both had more receiving yards than they did rushing. So that's never good. And I've kind of been high on Cleveland as a as a team lately. Well, I mean, when you look at Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, I mean, that's, that's a solid backfield right there. Just couldn't get it going today. And a loss to the Jets, that's not a good look. I mean – one of the two teams that's lost to the Jets this year. And really and truly, I mean, Sam Darnold, just not a good day as well. 175 yards, only, you know, I think it was 50% uh, completion, but two touchdowns, no turnovers. Uh, Jameson Crowder, he was, uh, he had a touchdown. Uh, he has a 43 yard touchdown pass. So that was kind of cool. And then, you know, Frank Gord, yeah, 48 yards. Didn't really do much. It's late in the season. The guy's 100 years old, so not really expecting much out of that guy at this point. Really just a bad look for the Jets. I mean, when Frank Gore is your re- uh, leading rusher, regardless of how good he was <laughs> at one point, just not a good look for them. I mean, they have to have somebody else. I mean, P. Ryan, that – what? I mean, yeah, P. Ryan, and I don't think he's a good running back by any means, but, again – that's just that's what they got. Uh, the one bright spot I would give them, shout out the Canes, Braxton Berrios. That guy has come on this season. I was just about to say that shit. But yeah, I mean, I think I think Berrios. I mean, he's like a he's like a wet, and I've said this since his college days. The guy's like a Wes Welker, Julian Edelman type guy. So I mean, it's uh, who knows how the Jets will end up. Probably not good, but they'll get a high draft pick regardless. Looks like they're kind of slipping, so they they might end up with like Trevor Lawrence or somebody. I mean, it's gonna be Trevor Lawrence or uh, or Mac Jones. I don't really, I don't really know who who they'll pick, but just a bad loss for Cleveland. Yeah. The next game we'll talk about is we'll talk about how the Steelers. Seemed a bit, seemed to look like they were trying their hardest to lose their th- fourth straight game, but ultimately they brought it back. They ended up winning. I mean, they were down, they were like 21 to seven at halftime, I believe. But Big yep. Ben went for about 340 or so, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And then Phillip Rivers on the other side, uh, 270, one touchdown, one interception. Really nothing going on the ground for either team, uh, especially Pittsburgh. Jonathan Taylor had 74 yards for 
for the Colts and then receiving, you know, just another case of sharing the love. Colts didn't have anybody go over 70. Uh, Juju went for 96 yards on nine receptions, one touchdown. I'm going to say it, dude. I think the Steelers might be one of the worst 12-3 and three teams I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I they could just, definitely see They that. don't do anything – they don't do anything, like, good to me. Not not good, obviously, because they're 12-3, and three, but there's just nothing that stands out to me when I watch them play. Nothing that would lead me to believe, like, yeah, these guys are good enough to be – you know, the, the upper echelon, like the, the Kansas cities of the world or whatever. They just, they just don't do any, they just don't do that for me. I, I don't know. I just feel like this, the, the first them going whatever 11 and 0 to start the season was kind of a smokescreen to be honest. And kind of the product of them playing a kind of lackluster schedule. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, they're on their winning streak when they got to 11 and 0, they had two wins over the Ravens who, you know, at the first game, we thought the Ravens were a really good team. But when you got to that second game, you kind of realized that they're not as good as we thought they were. And then outside of that, the Browns is the biggest win they had. And, you know, the Browns, while a decent team, still not a top team in the, in the league. So, Right. I mean, they, they just – they didn't beat anybody worth note outside of Baltimore, and we'll throw the Browns in there because they are better than what they have been, and I do think that they're a team on the rise, but still not up near the top with these other teams. And then they have real bad losses. I mean, they lost to Washington. Bill's not a terrible loss. And um, the Bengals, an absolutely terrible loss. A so Joe Burrowless Bengals. Uh, they do play the Browns next week. They'll be in Cleveland for that game. I think that's a real good matchup. But like you said, probably one of the worst uh, 12-win teams I've ever watched. It, it kind of remind me how Chicago yeah. was at the beginning of the season. Like at the beginning of the season, Chicago had a really good record, but that you know their season kind of ran into a brick wall a lot earlier than Pittsburgh did. Yeah. I mean, look at the Bears now, eight and seven. I think they started out like what five and zero or something like that. Yeah. Um, but the, I mean that that segues us right into the next game. Uh, the Bears won today, won big, forty-one to seventeen against the one and four now one and fourteen Jags. They're doing uh, the right thing with with their tanking. Uh, shout out Jacksonville. They know how to tank. Um, it's this seems this seems like it's becoming a yearly thing with Mitchell Trubisky. The guy is he'll he'll look like shit, get benched for somebody like just say Nick Foles for example, since he's there this year, and then come back in be a decent quarterback for a few games, and then have a shitty game, and then have a good game, and then a shitty. I mean, I don't know, dude. Like that guy is so inconsistent to me, and I bet it haunts the Bears to this day that they took that dude over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. They did stomp the Jags today. And, you know, Trubisky, he didn't look bad, obviously. 
Yeah, I say obviously, but I mean, he had a good QBR, only had one interception, didn't throw the ball, you know, 100 times or anything like that. He threw it 35, had 24 completions, 265 yards, did what he needed to do. They had a decent, uh, Chicago had a decent rushing attack. And then uh, Allen Robinson went over 100 yards receiving. Bears look pretty good today, but it's not exactly hard to look good when you're playing against Jacksonville. I was just about to say, bro, it's the Jags. Right. I could probably look decent against the Jags. So, uh, next up on the slate, we got the Ravens beat the Giants. Um, I'm I'm not high on the Ravens this year, bro. I'll be honest with you. Um, I I just – I don't – I don't think they're going to make a deep playoff push. I just don't think they have the weapons at receiver to do that. Uh, Mark Andrews is a good good receiver. So is Hollywood Brown. But I, I just don't think that they're going to be competing with really, like, honestly, I wouldn't pick them over the Titans. Um, shit, let me even think who else is in the AFC. I don't even know. Uh, the Steelers, I wouldn't pick them over – Obviously, the Chiefs. I mean, I don't know, dude. I just I don't see them competing at a, at that high of a level this year, especially not compared to last year during the regular season. No, nah, I mean it's it's not the same team from last season. Lamar's not having the same season that he did a season ago. But all in all, they did get a win today. I mean, the Giants suck, so. It's a, it's, a, it's a game they should have won, and they did it handedly. You know, they won by two scores. So, did what they needed to do. You know, they'll end up with a – I'm sure they'll end up with a playoff spot. Have they clinched yet? Be like, I mean, it wouldn't be uh, – I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a division title or anything like that, but it would be – Yeah, they might get a wild card. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals and the Texans – Two not good teams playing each other. Not sure how Bengals are winning games without Joe Burrow and the offensive line they have. <laughs> but they did. They won 37-31 against the Texans. Chargers-Broncos, another underwhelming game offensively. Chargers end up winning. The Panthers versus Washington. Washington football team. I... I don't get it. When you, I mean, just like the, the NFC, right. dude. What, what in the world? Like we got Washington and Dallas in a two-way tie, uh, but Washington, I guess, is sitting atop of that division in the NFC East. So that game's going to come down to next week, where Washington plays the Eagles, and I'm not sure right now who Dallas is playing, but you know. Possibly a win there for for Washington. Just going to be a team, you know, whatever team wins that division, you're going to have a team with a losing record getting the playoffs, and that's kind of an old song. Yep. <laughs> but that's what's going to happen. Uh, moving forward, uh, Panthers won is it, 2013. Is it, too late, is it too late to call Dwayne Haskins a bust? Uh, I mean, how or too early. My uh, too I, was, early. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, definitely not too late. Uh, possibly, I don't know, man. While Washington, you know, not having a great season, definitely a better season than last year. So, 
I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, he plays for Washington. It's it's kind of hard to judge a non-elite quarterback on a bad team. Like it's not like uh, right. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's playing for somebody good. So TBD on that. But I I don't, I don't think right. I don't, he's not an elite quarterback. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. I don't think he's an elite quarterback. Uh, but yeah, the Panthers win twenty to thirteen. Cowboys versus the Eagles. Cowboys destroyed the Eagles. They win by three scores. Andy Dalton, still the quarterback over there. Just, you know, Jalen Hurts had a pretty good game outside of the two interceptions that he threw. Like, when you're looking at the numbers he put up, not bad, but can't have two interceptions. That's never going to help your team. He was also the leading rusher in that game, which I believe is never good when you're – uh, quarterback is the leading rusher in your in your offense and I and I know all too well about that with uh being a Miami fan but on the other side <laughs> Andy Dalton 377 three touchdowns one interception Zeke went for 105 no touchdowns and then uh Gallup and Amari Cooper both 121 Gallup had uh, two touchdowns in that game. And I guess you'll call that a good win for Dallas. I mean, the Dallas needed that, especially with a Washington loss. You know, that puts them up there tied. And like I said, it's coming down to the last game of the season to see who is going to come out of that division and make a playoff run or we'll say loses in the playoffs in the first round. But uh, they have the Giants next week. So, I mean, really and truly – Possibly looking at a two-way tie there. I'm guessing. I don't. I don't remember. I'm not really sure how that works. If they're going to go by head, I believe, to head. Yeah, I believe if Washington wins next week, they clinch, and if they lose, then the Giant or the Cowboys clinch. Assuming the Giants win, I'm sorry. The assuming Dallas wins. Oh wait, you said if the Giants right. win. So I mean, yeah, yeah, whichever. Yeah. If they so all Washington has to do is win because they have the head-to-head or whatever. But Dallas has has to to have Washington lose yeah, and win. Right. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. One thing I forgot to mention on this – one thing I forgot to mention on this Bengals-Texans game, with that Bengals win, the Falcons move up in the draft, baby. Let's go. Boom. So, yeah, good day for the Falcons. I mean, showed a little heart. Showed a little heart. Uh a little progress against a really good team and then move up in the draft. So uh, Rams versus Seahawks. Seahawks win 20 to nine. They move to 11 and four. And I mean, it's a pretty good win for, for the Seahawks right there. They clinched as well. Yeah. So very good win for them. They got a playoff spot. Still don't believe that the Seahawks are going to be in the Super Bowl, but. One of them, I mean, you know, that's Shout out Cameron for the hot take. Yeah, for real. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just going back to the NFC West being the best division in the NFC, Seattle, LA, Arizona. And then, you know, you had the 49ers beat Arizona, even though they have a losing record. I still think that's got to be the best division in, in the NFC. Uh, but back to the game. I got, I, 
I gotta say, bro, I, I I'm not sold on Jared Goff, bro. I I just don't think he's very good. Like he's kind of similar to what I was saying when we were talking about the Steelers. He just doesn't really do anything that that wows me, if you will. Like just doesn't really stand out at all to me. I can I can agree there. I mean, he's not he's nothing extraordinary by any means. I think he's a I think he's a decent quarterback. I just he's not he's just not one of the top quarterbacks in the league. But like you said, he's he 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 does what he needs to do and that's about it. I mean, you can call him a game manager if you want right. to. I, I wouldn't say that necessarily, but I, I still like again, I think he's a good no decent quarterback. I think he's a decent quarterback. I just He's not upper echelon or anything like that. Miami has Houston's pick. Yeah, so uh, with a Houston loss today, I believe they moved up in the draft. So, yeah, so the Dolphins, they're getting a better pick off of Houston losing today. So here's the uh, – here's the, I'll give you, like, the top five as far as draft order is concerned at this moment. So Jacksonville has the first pick. The Jets have two. Miami has the third pick by way of the Texans. And Atlanta has the fourth pick. And the Bengals have the fifth pick. That tie for the Bengals really hurt them. Oh, yeah, 100%. Philly, too, honestly, because Philly has the same exact record, and they have the sixth pick. Yeah. So we'll see how that turns out. That definitely bodes well for Miami. I mean – Especially with Houston having the year they're having, I mean, you oh, can yeah. really you can really ask for. It. I mean, Miami, you know, they picked up their their season this year, and you know they're ten and five right now, so they're on the rise. And they're even though they're not garbage, they're still going to get a high draft pick because the one year they the Dolphins decide to do good, Houston decides to be terrible. So that's yeah, that's real good for the Dolphins. What a good look for them. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that that's that is huge in terms of you know the the franchise itself because uh, like I said, on the rise and still getting a draft pick like they're garbage. So what I'm reading here on Twitter, so Houston and Atlanta have the same record. They're both four and eleven. So Atlanta sh- should theoretically have the third pick, but apparently now they're using strength of schedule as a tiebreaker. So uh, Houston jumped Atlanta to get that third pick because of strength of schedule. Huh. Does that mean they have a tougher schedule or an easier schedule? That I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. All I'm seeing here is that it says uh, Miami just leaped the Falcons because of an updated strength of schedule. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Let's talk about – yeah, it is. Let's talk about the Vikings versus the Saints. That was the Friday night game, the the Christmas game. I mean, really the main thing to be said right Alvin here. Kamara Alvin, yeah, Kamara went absolutely stupid. 155 yards rushing, six touchdowns. I mean – Six. Six touchdowns. Uh, he's on my fantasy team, and I'm not going to get into – Oh all that, but dude had like 55, I think, uh, 55 points for me in fantasy. 
I mean, that's with 155 yards rushing. So, I mean, that's clearly a good day yardage wise, but those touchdowns make the, that those make the difference in how much he scored there. And we won't talk about how I'm in the loser bracket of the playoffs. Uh, I said on a, <laughs> I said on an earlier earlier episode that once once we refunded everybody's money for this fantasy season, I kind of checked out and have not been looking at it. And at the the other night was uh, Friday night was the first time I looked at it, and I really only pulled it up just because I wanted to see how many points Kamara had. I was winning in the in the losers bracket of the playoffs, so I do have that going for me. Uh, I did have, but I, I had one of the better teams that. in the league. But I, week in and week out, I wasn't I wasn't doing any kind of trading, uh, wasn't keeping up with any of it, uh, wasn't setting my lineup. So, you know, it is what it is. I'm not real worried about it. There's no money involved. Um, but Saints win this game, 52-33. Kirk Cousins, eh. Drew Brees, yeah. pretty good game outside of two interceptions. I, mean, I don't know what the deal is, but there are a lot of interceptions thrown this weekend. And I mean, you I take. Like, I mean, Drew. If you look at how Drew Brees has kind of looked since he's come back, I mean, obviously his completion percentage wasn't terrible, nineteen to twenty-six. But a guy that's known as being one of the more accurate passers of all time, he just hasn't looked accurate with his passes I don't know what it is I mean he's overthrowing guys underthrowing guys it, it, it's just weird to me I don't know maybe he's maybe his ribs are still bothering him or whatever I can see how that would uh affect that but at the same time dude like if if it's that bad like y'all already clinched bro just put Taysom Hill in and let the dude heal like but I mean shit what do I know I'm I'm not in there in their training room or whatever I mean, they don't have a lot of options outside of Drew Brees. He's on the backside of his career anyway. He's getting up there in age, and I don't think he'll be in the league very much longer. But, yeah, I mean, nonetheless, a good a good game on Christmas Day. You know, gave us a little bit of football to watch. And then we'll talk about the Saturday games. The Bucks just beat the dog shit out of Detroit. I mean, they took Tom Brady out in the like at halftime. I think Tom Brady was done. I want Matt Stafford to play somewhere where he can actually contribute. I feel like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and nobody talks about him because he's wasting his career in fucking uh, Detroit. Well, uh, Stafford didn't even really play in that game. He he uh, he had three yeah, attempts. Yeah, he got hurt in the first quarter. Yeah, so. Season in and season out, Stafford has good numbers, but just plays for a gar- garbage franchise. Uh, I would like to see him on a good team. I mean, I, the dude's dude's been in the league long enough to be able to go elsewhere. So I don't I don't really know what the deal is there. He's just at Detroit. I guess he's happy there. I don't know. I, I don't know why anybody would want to live in Detroit too damn cold up there i would i would leave right. as soon as i like I, I wouldn't even care like as long as he's been in the league you got like jacksonville and tampa bay and miami all three pretty much been in garbage the whole time i would have went somewhere like one of those places to be out of detroit 
or even went west. I don't know. I don't know what his options could have been, but it's got to be his decision to stay in Detroit. I can't imagine that nobody wants him. Uh, I, I mean, Detroit probably doesn't want to get rid of him, but who do I mean? They have uh, their backup quarterbacks, like no fucking clue who these guys even are. Like, Chase Daniel, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. He went to Missouri. Uh, but I was like, when I say I don't know who they are, I just mean like in terms of being good. I mean, then you got, uh, can't remember the guy's name, but he came out of Purdue. So, eh. I don't know. It just, it's crazy. It's only produced like one or two good things ever. Yeah. One of but, them was Drew Brees. Right. So I don't know, man. Like Detroit's just one of those teams that, I mean, they're going to have a decent draft this year or a decent draft pick this year, but they don't do shit with it, really. I mean, like a lot of these people that they have, I mean, did uh, they have DeAndre Swift? Uh, they have Sanu. Obviously, he's didn't actually draft. been playing well this year. Swift or Sanu? Swift. Sanu hasn't been the same since he left uh, Atlanta. Yeah, and like again, I mean, Sanu, not somebody they drafted. Uh, Danny Amendola, not somebody they drafted. So I mean, I don't really know, man. They just they don't really have it. Let's talk about uh. Mike Evans, dude had 181 yards receiving with two touchdowns on 10 receivers. Targeted 12 times. Yeah, that dude's dude's real good. Uh, Targeted 12 times, caught 10 of them. So, very solid ratio there. And then, you know, for Tampa Bay, they didn't really have any kind of ground game. Didn't need it. I mean, their backup quarterback, uh, Gabbert, had more passing yards than the entire Detroit a uh, slew of quarterbacks that they went through in that game combined. Dude had 143. Yeah, they had 104 – or Gabbert had 143 yards, and the entire Detroit QB room had 113 yards. Really a bad look for Detroit all around, yeah. to be honest. 47-7, to seven, bro. I mean, you never want to lose by 40. Nah. We'll get into another team losing by somewhere in the 40 range. Here in a minute. <laughs> I know where that's going. Not the same sport, people. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, and the guy also had more touchdowns than anybody for Detroit, so – or as far as QBs go. But, uh, yeah, Bucks went 47-2-7 and possibly a team that's peaking at the right time. Uh, 49ers versus Cardinals. 49ers win that game 20-12. to not going to go into uh, going to depth too much on that one. Last game we'll talk about is the Dolphins versus the Raiders. Uh, very exciting game. Dolphins bench Tua, bring in Fitz Magic, and guy just does what he does. I mean, throwing freaking darts with a guy holding on to his face mask. You know, Dolphins were trailing. They go down. Kick the field goal, leaves one second on the clock. They win that game 26-25. One thing about Tua that I've noticed, even though, I mean, he he didn't have a very – I mean, he didn't really have a bad game. He just wasn't really doing shit. He's, he's just the kind of guy that doesn't make many mistakes, like, at all. From, like, just watching him in the league. I mean, obviously I watched him when he was at Alabama. 
But uh, just watching him like now in the, uh, for Miami, he just he doesn't make mistakes, bro. Like obviously, I mean, he had seventeen completions for ninety four yards. So that's not really shit, but he just seems to make the right play a majority of the time. And that's interesting to me, but Fitzmagic only threw the ball nine times and had 182 here. He only had nine completions and had double the yards. So. Right. I mean, yeah, Tua, you know, doesn't turn the ball over is I guess what we can say. Not doesn't really turn it over. He did get sacked three times in that game. I think he lost like 23 yards on those three sacks. Which, yep. you know, when you're talking about getting sacked, 23 over the course of three sacks isn't a whole lot, but still, you know, they saw something they didn't like. So they went to Fitzpatrick and dude just came in and kind of won the game for them. I will say this about the Raiders uh, they're two and six at home this year. So Raiders' new That's stadium. Yeah. New stadium not working out too well for them. But, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, they have eight losses. Only two of those are on the road. And they're not winning at home. Jesus. You know, they've, they've won five on the road, and they've, you know, only lost two uh, away. So, I mean, that's good. I mean, they're just an away team, apparently. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, But this in-progress game is the Titans and the Packers. Packers are up 19-7 right now. Aaron Rodgers has as many touchdowns as he does in completions, uh, MVP vibes. But, yeah, dude, I, I like the Packers this year, to be honest. I mean, okay, so so let, let's do something here. Let's just say the Packers win this game. They'll have the same record as the Steelers. Who are you taking head-to-head? Packers. Easy. Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers is yeah, having a better easy. season than Ben. And then – you know, like you said earlier, the the Pittsburgh, they just don't do anything spectacular. Like, they don't have any kind of standout on their team. So, I'm definitely taking Aaron Rodgers and the Packers over Pittsburgh, especially right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, dude. It's, uh, it's interesting to me. But, yeah, that's really about it. We could look forward to the Monday night game, which is going to be Buffalo versus New England. Who you got in that game? I'm going to take Buffalo by 17. All right, you should put some money on that then because the line is uh, minus seven Buffalo. Over under in that game, 46. So you should. I would definitely, I would definitely take the Bills. Yeah, I just, I don't think, I don't think the Patriots have anything for them. The Patriots kind of suck. I mean, not kind of, they really suck. Uh, Stefan Diggs is over 1,300 yards on the season already. I say already. They've played 14 games, but I mean, that's still end up over 1,500 yards. I mean, the dude's averaging close to 100 yards a game. So that's, that's pretty solid. And we're just going to say again. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to say it. Dude's, uh, dude's right at 4,000 yards. Exactly. 30 touchdowns. Does have nine interceptions, but. I mean, when you look at New England, I mean, Cam Newton has five touchdowns on the season. He has double the amount of interceptions. Right. 
I mean, that's not even that's not even a Jameis Winston vibe. That is just that is, that's worse. I mean, Jameis Winston's like a <laughs> equal touchdown to interception well, ratio. He's giving you touchdowns too. Right. I mean, that guy's offsetting the interceptions with touchdowns. Cam Newton's just over here turning the ball over whenever he feels necessary or just when he gets the <laughs> chance. Like he just turns it over. So clearly a QB mismatch in that game. I just don't see any way that the New England wins this game. I think the Bills, another team looking really good this season. They're on the rise. Eleven and three. I mean, that's a great season. Uh, you know, and another team that ends up right where the Steelers are at, if with the win right there. Another team that I'm taking over the Steelers head to head too. Yeah, absolutely. So I believe that is all for the NFL games this week. Now let's move on to what I've been waiting to talk about this whole time. The Clippers, they lost by 50, <laughs> 50. How do you lose the a basketball score was game? 77, 27 at halftime, bro. They were losing by 50 at halftime. Like that's, that's some high Come school, on, bro. That's some high school basketball shit right there. Like you don't even see that. You don't see that in college. And this is, we're talking about professionals here. We're talking about we're talking about a team who was undefeated. Like they're supposed to be one of the better teams coming out of the West, and they just lost by fifty points, fifty-one to be exact. I mean, oh no, what are you doing? How do you? I mean, the Mavs, not a terrible team or anything, but I mean that was their first win. 36 points in the first. They had 41 points in the second. And the Clippers <laughs> didn't even they didn't even score 30. They didn't even score 30 in the first half. They had 73 they had points. 27 points at halftime. <laughs> I mean, 73 points in a game is literally a college basketball team. So the, the Clippers, uh, they're about to join the Pac-12 in basketball. They're giving up on the season. <laughs> Probably gonna have to trade Kawhi <laughs> and Paul George. But yeah, what a shit show from playoff, uh, team. <laughs> playoff team. They beat the, those guys beat the Lakers. That same team beat the Lakers uh, opening night for the NBA. How did that? How does how does the team go from beating the defending uh, uh, defending champs to losing by fifty to the Mavs? I'm telling you, bro. Those games against the Lakers are the playoffs for these Clippers, bro. That is that's their spotlight. That's what they that's what they play for every year is regular season games against the Lakers. Let's um let's give the Clippers a little bit of credit. Their best player did not play. Uh Kawhi, he was out this game. Paul George, four field goals all night, over six from three. He's back in his uh his normal form. We'll give him we'll give him a little <laughs> bit of credit. Guy did go seven. <laughs> Playoff P, uh, they got there's all there's been some hilarious uh memes for Paul George. Um, I wish I could think of them right off the top of my head, but after last season, there was just a shit ton of nicknames they had for the guy. Uh, did have did, did have seven of eight free throws, so he did do well there, but just what a garbage game! I mean, I just don't understand that. I mean, Paul George is supposed to be. So you know, one of the better guards in the in the league, and he's just not anymore. So I, I hear your point about Kawhi, 
not playing. But at the same time, Porzingis wasn't playing for the Mavs. So oh, no, I'm not making excuses. You think if it, no, I, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying, like, the Mavs' second best player wasn't playing and the, the uh, Clippers' best player wasn't playing. So Kawhi's load management might be a problem. Is he actually hurt? Probably not. He'll probably play whenever they play again. Well, but, this this right here says did not play goofy. mouth. No idea. What oh that shit! I, you know what? I didn't even think about that. I didn't even. He did get like elbowed in his shit in their game, their last game. So that, that actually does make sense. I, I completely forgot about that. Denver, I believe it was against. Yeah. But I mean, still, it's your mouth. Like, what happened? Yeah. What happened? That was so bad that he couldn't play this game. He clearly needed the guy to to only lose by 30. But, yeah, what a oh, blowout. Dude, I just had to get that off my chest. The, the, uh, the Nets lost to the Hornets tonight. KD had 29 points, three, three rebounds, four assists. So, not a bad game out of KD, but not a good, not a good loss at all. I mean, it's NBA. Like, you're going to have these, but the Hornets – yeah. Um, one thing that I have noticed, regardless of the fact that they lost, one thing that I have noticed about this team is KD and Kyrie are are extremely efficient this year. Like Kyrie, 10 of 17 for 25 points. KD, 9 of 15 for 29. I mean, efficiency is off the fucking charts, if we're being honest. Uh, and that's, that makes this team even even scarier. Uh, but, yeah, shout-out to the Hornets, bro. Freaking Gordon Hayward went – all their starters are in double digits, which you always love to see that. Yeah, it's always good when your starters go into double digits. It's just kind of – just gave them buckets. Yeah, he clearly did. I mean, 28 points, six rebounds, seven assists. Solid game out of him. The oh, Magic, yeah. they lost to the Wizards. I'm sorry, the Magic beat the, the Wizards 120 to 13. Um, Shout out Markel Fultz, man. Yeah, 26 points. Uh, 26 points, two rebounds, two assists. Very solid game out of him. That dude went from double pumping on, double clutching on free throw attempts to playing meaningful minutes in a, on a decent basketball team. You love to see that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Who we really need to talk about is Terrence Ross. That dude's having a pretty solid season so far. He's uh, I've been what, yeah, like 19. That man's a bucket. Dude, 19, uh, 19 versus the Heat, 25 against Washington. And then, you know, obviously they play back to back and then 26 again. So, that, I mean, that guy's been, he's been having some games. I mean, not much of a facilitator. You know, he has a, few steals on the season uh you know not you know not much of a rebounder in a, in a sense either but he gets a couple but the guy just just doesn't really miss that much i mean his field goal percentage is <laughs> up there an interesting uh thing that i'm looking at right now so for the magic all of their starters as far as plus minus is concerned all of their starters are minus 11 or or worse in their whole bench outside of Okiki. Uh, he's minus five, but other than that, everybody else is plus 18 or better. So looks like the bench won him this game. 
Looks yeah. like Terrence Ross won them this game. To be yes, honest. I would say that guy's trying. <clears throat> he's trying to work his way into a starting role over there in Orlando. Let's see what else we got. We got uh, Pelicans win ninety eight ninety five against the Spurs, and I'm gonna kind of push ahead a little bit through all these games. Cavs be the sixth. Uh, shout out. Never mind. I was just going to say shout out DeMar DeRozan. That man been uh he's actually been shooting threes. He's actually been making threes. But this game he shot 3 for 12 and 0 for 4 from 3. So, I guess I should I guess I should say that. DeMar DeMar I say it the less I like it. <laughs> uh, the Cavs video. <laughs> uh Cavs versus Sixers. Cavs win that game pretty handedly. Are the Cavs good? Cavs are fun, dude. They're fun. Sex land. Yeah. I mean, they're 3-0 on the season. They just beat Philly, who's a pretty solid team. So, I mean, I don't know, man. We we're saying the Cavs suck. Who knows? We'll we'll see how their season ends. I mean, I don't think they're a great team. They do have a good start going for the season, though. Let's talk about another game. Just a weird, weird start of the season already. I mean, the Knicks beating the Bucks. The Bucks are one and two. The Knicks are one and two. Giannis's MVP chances uh, not looking too great with their team losing. I mean, he didn't have a bad game at all. 27, 13, and five. But uh, on the other side for the Knicks, Julius Randle had a great game. 29, 14, and seven. And the Knicks win by 20. So, I mean, that's that's a really good win for them, especially for a team that didn't have a win going into this game. Julius Randle's such a weird dude to me, bro. Like, he'll come out and play one game and have, like, four points for the game and then come out next game and drop 30. Right. Like, it, it just does not make sense to me at all. But shout-out Alec Burks coming off the bench, too, putting up 18. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, Randle so far this season, has, he's been having a good year in the three games that he's played uh, – Season low is 17 points. Uh, the other two games, he went over 25 in each one. So, yeah. I mean, he's not, not playing too I bad. Mean, trying to get that most improved. Yeah, he's turning the corner. Um, we have any more games that we haven't talked about? That are, well, we got the in-progress um, games, but I think we've went through all the ones that are over. The Bulls are winning. <laughs> oh, the Warriors. Shout out the Warriors for being ass. Steph Curry, he's finding out that what LeBron did in Cleveland is not easy. It's not easy carrying a team being the only superstar. Yeah, he's finding out the, the hard way. That's for damn sure. Uh, yeah, this team is terrible, to be honest. Uh, Kelly Oubre, I thought he was going to be good for them. He's 3 or 14 right now. Uh, honestly, if I was Steph – I'm going to play a two-man game with me and Wiseman for the whole entire game. And these other dudes, if they get a rebound, they can push it up and get their own shot. But if I'm if I'm Steph, I'm keeping it between me and, and James Wiseman. I mean, James Kelly Wiseman. Kelly Gray, Wiggins, they ain't touching a rock. I mean, we're being honest. Wiseman didn't have a great game. He had seven points. Uh, I mean, you kind of need him there for the boards, but he only had two rebounds in that game. And then uh, – you got to put some respect on Wiggins' name, man. The dude had 19 points. He was the, the second leading scorer behind Curry in that game. Yeah, but, I mean, let's be honest, bro. They're losing to the fucking Bulls. The Bulls oh, no. are terrible. 
teams of dumpster fire. Warriors, awful. Not a good team. So, I mean, if you're losing to the Bulls, you're not you're not really doing anything right, which the game's not over yet. So we'll see how it ends up. But they're up eight right now. I think like six. Yeah, like a little, a little less than seven, point, uh, seven minutes left to go in this game. They're in a timeout right now. The uh, Celtics and the Pacers, Celtics are losing 105 to 103. So that's a good game right there. Two minutes left in that game. And then uh, Suns and Kings halftime. Suns are up uh, 56 to 53. Suns were a team that I was kind of high on going into the season. I thought they would. Oh, yeah. I thought they would do a lot. It would be a lot better. Let's just go back. I'm going to go back to yesterday's games just because there's one team in particular that I want to talk about because I feel like people thought I might have been stupid when I was saying this shit before the season started. Trey Young is an MVP candidate, bro. Hawks, 2-0. and Obviously, we beat one of the worst teams in the league in Chicago, but beat them by 40. I mean, Trey Young had, I think, 37 points on 12 shots, the most points ever on that amount of shots. Um, <clears throat> and then yesterday. So my, my main knock – pretty much everybody's main knock on Trey Young other than his defense, which he's a, he's a small guard, so he's always going to be somewhat of a defensive liability. But the main knock on him was always his efficiency. But in that first game, he was 10 for 12 or 12 for 14 or some shit like that. I think it was 10 for 12. And had 37 points, had – I don't even remember how many assists. I, I believe it was like nine or something. But – uh. I mean, through two games, the guy is averaging 36 and a half points and nine rebounds or nine assists a game on yeah. decent shooting splits. Yeah, man, that's good. He didn't. I mean, this it. team is good, bro. Like, really good. I, I mean, yeah, I think they're a real good team. I think they'll be a very improved team from last season. Uh, Trey Young is good. I, I, I've never thought any different necessarily, but. Um, they're looking pretty good. I mean, like you said, I mean, yeah, they they beat the Bulls, but I mean, when you win by that much, I don't really think it matters who you're fucking playing. You know what I mean? This is that's a beat down. Did, I mean, they did what they were supposed to do against that caliber of opponent. You know? Yeah, I mean, and I'm really beyond what they what they're supposed to do with that caliber of team. Yeah, I mean, the Hawks great start of their season. We'll see how we'll see how they progress and how they end up towards the end of the season. But, yeah, Trey Young right now, definitely one of the better players in the league. Yeah, I'm, I've been – uh, <clears throat> I've been waiting for DeAndre Hunter to have, you know, kind of his his moment. And he had 15, 11, and 3 yesterday against the Grizzlies. That dude is coming out playing his freaking heart out on both sides of the ball. You love to see that. Cam Reddish coming out. I mean, he didn't do much this game, but I, I think this is going to be a good year for Cam Reddish. And then this other guy that I have never heard of, I think he was a second-round pick, uh, Nathan – no, he was undrafted, Nathan Knight out of William & Mary. Dude came in and gave us some meaningful-ass minutes, uh, 14 points off the bench. And the thing that impressed me the most about this team is they're 2-0 – Obviously, I'm only really going to count one of those wins because the Bulls are absolute dog shit. 
but two and oh without six meaningful rotation players like Rondo's out, Chris Dunn is out, Anyeka Okamu is out, uh, Gallo wasn't playing in this last game. Who else? Um, nice. Clint Capel is out. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm super impressed with this team, and I, I really think this is they're going to be a higher seed than what people think, and I think they're going to cause some problems in the, in the playoff. I agree. Um, as far as yesterday games go, probably don't want to get into them like too much, but the one game I do want to get into is uh, Rockets versus Trailblazers just because of – what that game was. I mean, that was a banger of a game. Yeah, my God. Harden, 44 points, 17 assists, had a steal, four rebounds. Played a decent amount of minutes, which P.J. Tucker, yeah, I mean, a lot of those guys playing heavy minutes. Uh, And then on the other end, C.J. McCollum and Dame. But, I mean, Dame went 32 had five rebounds, nine assists, and then McCollum, 44 points, three rebounds, eight assists. Those guys went crazy. Shout out Christian Wood, too. I don't know if you remember me telling you when we were talking about this offseason talk. I said Christian Wood is one of the more underrated signings of this offseason. That dude is a bucket getter, and he's a he gets boards, too. I mean, that dude I, – I like, I like Christian Wood a lot, and I think – uh, I think they're naming their duo or their tandem Hardwood. Mm-hmm. So uh, Hardwood, the duo to look out for, they combine for 75 points between the two of them. Shout out James Harden for 17 assists, bro. What right. The hell? Yeah, that's, that was that's just ridiculous. I mean, he was serving them up. I'm telling you. But, yeah, that, I mean, that was just a crazy game. A lot of scoring. You know, it goes in overtime right down to the wire. I mean, just a really, if you want to watch NBA basketball, that's the game you want to watch right there. Right. Oh, and also, uh, shout out the Timberwolves. They are now 2-0. and But more importantly, shout out Anthony Edwards, bro. That man is a bona fide bucket. Came in first two games of his professional career – Averaging 16 and a half and two and a half assists, shooting like 38% from three, which I mean doesn't sound good, but I think that's somewhere around league average. Uh, but 54% from the field. So uh, I like what I'm seeing from him so far. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, another kind of, I guess, quick stat we'll get hit on uh, on the Friday games Duncan Robinson. Ties the Christmas Day three-point record. That man is a certified sniper, bro. Dude, I'm telling you, that's that's sniper gang right there. Duncan Robinson, he's he's by far oh, one of my favorite players for the Heat. I mean, the dude just wets threes, and he did it all you know through the playoffs and everything. Uh, but he was seven for thirteen from three in that game. He had eight field goals made, so seven out of eight of the field goals that he made were from three-point range. That's his game. That man yeah. ain't moving inside the arc, no. I'm telling you. I mean, I was just kind of a feed-the-hot-hand type situation because, you know, Jimmy Buckets didn't really do a whole lot in that game, didn't take a lot of shots, uh, wasn't really making the ones he was taking. I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's right. You're right. Um, but even before that, you know, still just wasn't 
wasn't doing much. Two for seven, oh for one from three, ended up with four points, uh, had six rebounds, still had five assists in the 16 minutes that he played. But yeah, good, good, good win there for the Heat. And I just really wanted to point out how Duncan Robinson tied that record, which is kind of a baseball stat, if you will, with how ridiculous it is. <laughs> Not very meaningful, but still something cool. Another shout out. So this Lakers Minnesota this Lakers Timberwolves game just started. It's already fifteen to six Lakers, and Kuzma already has nine points. So shout out to him. Yeah, very nice there. That's probably what I'll watch as soon as we get done here. Is there any? Is that the only That's other exactly game right. we got left to start? Or that? Oh yeah, that was that was. Uh, you got Pacers Celtics still going on. Got right. 18 seconds left in that. Pacers up one. Uh, you got four minutes left of the Warriors and the Bulls, but nobody wants to watch that shit. Um, and Suns and Kings are at halftime. So, got four games going on. Yeah. Uh, Pacers have the ball in that Celtics game with 18 seconds left. So, there's a good 20 minutes left to watch of that game. Oh, just turn the ball. Right. <laughs> oh, God. So uh, I'm pretty sure this Warriors-Bulls game is going to be a battle for who's the worst team in the league. Um, and it looks like the Warriors are winning the battle for the worst team in the league. Yeah. Oh, wow, the Celtics are up now. Yeah, they uh, they just scored because they, uh, they turned the ball over and then just went up. Uh, who made that shot? Probably Tatum. He's kind of their closer. It was uh, Marcus Smart, actually. Oh, wow. But – 11 seconds left, almost 12 seconds left. Pacers have a timeout. So that's going to be a that'll be that'll be, that'll be a good ending to that game. So I'll probably keep an eye on that one. But that's all I have as far as NBA goes. You got anything else to add? That's it. All right. Well, thanks for listening everybody and we'll catch y'all next time. You're